Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bennell and I'm joined by Steve Nicholson and Chris Watson. How are you chaps? Good, thank you. Very well, thank you. Excellent stuff. Uh, so let's let's get cracking straight on to Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend. 2-0 victory for Derby County, but a, a mixed bag by all accounts. Steve? It, yeah, it was a mixed bag and uh, I must admit I had to check the result on Sunday to see that Derby had actually won because some of the uh, reaction uh, I read and was and was involved in discussion with fans on, on social media that you know, they were really down a lot of fans you know uh, because they felt that Derby labored uh, too much against 10 men uh, for for a long period of the game obviously for 86 plus minutes of the game uh, which Derby did do that but but for me uh, and I've been asked this you know is it about winning football or pretty football for me, the bottom line is they won the game, and uh, I've seen Derby play really well and lose. I've seen, I've seen them play really badly and win. And as Steve McLaren would tell me every day, this is football. This is what football is, and and uh, for me, result is king every time. I would take a win every time, and and, and fans need to, you know, we, and will remember uh, the last time Derby were promoted. You know, we've not been in the top flight for ten years now. The last time they were promoted under Billy Davis, that's what it was about. It was about winning football matches. And Burnley will tell you, and Huddersfield will tell you, and all these other teams who have been promoted will tell you, winning football matches, getting points on the board. You know, there is no, as I wrote in the Telegraph, uh, uh, my match verdict, there is no column in the league table that says how you won the points. You know, at the end of the day, you win the game, you take the points, and you move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they just about did enough in the end. And I, I think the, the thing that can distort it a little bit is the fact that, that they were they had the man advantage for so long. Uh, Glenn Leuven sent off after after four minutes. You automatically expect the team with the extra man to make that count. Um, Derby converted the resulting penalty, so they were already 1-0 up. Uh, they had chances to, to increase that lead, which they didn't manage to take until very near the end, obviously, if, Tom Lawrence hit the post. If that had gone in, it could have uh, it could have just eased things a little bit. I thought, I thought that was a key moment actually, because I think if he scores, then they probably win three or four, yeah. and and we, and we and we're not kind of talking then about and labouring. I think that moment, which he should have scored, you know, he claims it's a bit unlucky at the post, but actually he should have scored. But I think if that goes in, I think I think Sheffield Wednesday really would have been on the back foot, and I could have seen Derby going on to maybe do what they did against Hull City. But, but I, th- I mean, I think Sheffield Wednesday are, are one of the better teams in this division. And so to say you've beaten them 2-0 at home, it's not the worst thing in the world. And I think you've got to give them credit for the way they played with 10 men. They made a game of it. They stayed in the game till right near the end. They could have, be, they could have grabbed an equaliser. Now, if it, they'd have grabbed an equaliser, if that Barry Bannon shot that whistled past the post had just uh, gone in and it had finished one all, I think it, you know there, there might be a very different tone about about the conversation but the fact is they didn't no they didn't and I say I think you know uh, I mean think back to the to, to the corresponding fixture last season you know Richard Keogh should have been sent off after about seven minutes handle on the line would have been a penalty to Wednesday probably scored it, the, 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 the roles would have been reversed and even that day you know Derby didn't deserve to win that game but they did you know and, and I, I just think we've just got to be a bit careful talking about the style of football in this division there is, there is no team I'd look at this at the weekend there's no team in this division at the moment who are what you play, playing what you call thrilling entertaining football and winning football you know Wolves are doing well you know but but they almost stumbled you know they're 3-0 up against Preston North End I can imagine when Preston pulled two back there was a lot of nerves going around Molyneux well, at even, that time even before that I saw the highlights and I know they are really the highlights but even before they pulled two back Preston were well, in it and could have maybe should have. Possibly. So, there's no team good enough in this division to dominate a game for 90 minutes. No team is good enough to do that, and 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 we have to accept that and understand that there'll be turning points in matches, small lines, decide matches, 
And even in Derby's best win this season, the 5-0, Hull City scored the penalty to make it 1-1, could have been looking at a different result. So that's what matches are like at this level. And we, we should point out as well that after the match, Gary Rowett probably agreed with quite a lot of fans in his assessment of the game. He wasn't happy with the performance nope. and he told the players yep. so. But obviously, three points, clean sheet and, and the win at the well, end Gary, of the day. Gary's not hiding from anything. You know, that's what I like about Gary Rowett. You know, some some managers might just paint, try and paint a different picture and say, no, this is actually what you saw. Well, no, fans know what they're seeing, and, and we know what we're seeing. And Gary's a great one, a bit like Nigel Clough. He's a great one, Gary, for actually saying what he thinks. Mm. You know, not hiding anything. And uh, he came out and he wasn't happy. He gave he gave them what for at half time. He gave them what for at full time, and that's after a two 0 win. What I will say is, if Derby are winning games at the moment or remaining unbeaten, which they are in five matches without actually playing what we would consider to be well, then I, I, I think that's a good sign and it's got to hold some promise. Just you mentioned in, uh, previously mentioning Tom Lawrence obviously had that, that chance uh, to make it 2-0 came off the post. He, he, I mean, he seems to have done everything bar get his first Derby County goal, doesn't he? Surely it can't be much longer until we, we see him at the back of the Well, we said a few weeks ago, I think, on here, that uh, we're kind of waiting for him to kind of rattle mm. one in and he actually then... In, went and did it for Wales uh, in the World Cup qualifier uh, so I'm waiting for that moment mm. to happen uh, I'm wondering and I might be wrong because it's probably unfair on one chance we've seen on Saturday I'm wondering and whether he's the type of player who will score the spectacular goals and not the others mm. and if you think back to some of the goals he scored at Ipswich last season there were some absolute crackers you know mm. crackers they were absolutely fantastic you know he should be, and I'll throw one in for you here, Johnny, you'll like this. Yeah. He should be nicknamed Jacobs, shouldn't he? Oh, yeah. You know, do you get that? I do, yeah. that's shocking. I apologise to anybody listening to that. But no, he, 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 scored some, he scored some absolute crackers for, for Ipswich, and I'm just wondering, the chance he went through on, on Saturday, whether, you know, if I'd have gone through on that chance... Yeah, it, yeah. When I was playing, when I was when I was playing in the forties, if I'd have gone through, I'd have looked to go low, quickly and low to, to low to, to one side or other the goalkeeper. He's, he's he's done a great thing by you know cleverly and, and show composure by just clipping it over the keeper, which takes some nerve, by the way, mm. and it's rolled against the post. But no, I, I don't think it'll be too long before he scores. No, I mean it's not like he isn't bringing anything else to the table, is it? It's no, no, it's not. You know, we've seen fans' comments that it will see very happy with his contribution so far you know it's it's not sort of that he's failing to score failing to do this failing to do that he's bringing a lot to the team as well isn't well, what we've seen of it I mean, me and Chris have seen it and you've seen of it as well is that uh, for me when he gets the ball he looks a threat it doesn't always happen because again the nature of this type of player is there'll be some days when you think oh go on then and then he loses the ball or it doesn't quite work and there'll be other days when he beats a couple of players and, and it's in the net that's the nature of the player uh, but he does look a threat when he gets the ball. I mean, we we talk uh, we've talked previously about Joe Ledley and how he he goes unnoticed and he does the ugly things and things like that. And Tom Lawrence is almost the opposite yeah, yeah. of that, isn't he? He kind of he gets the ball and he excites fans and he looks like something. There's a real anticipation, isn't there, yeah. when, when he gets it? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's and that if you think about it, for the opponent, for the opposition, there must also be a, a bit of a dread when he gets the ball as well. So mm-hmm. that's good. Um, just looking back on the game itself then uh, obviously we mentioned that Derby had a penalty after four minutes red card Sheffield Wednesday head coach Carlos Carvajal wasn't too happy with the referee's decision not to award his side a penalty uh, and there also seemed to be some other sort of difficult decisions for the ref to, to well, get me, a grip of me and Chris sat there were kind of looking at one or two of the decisions I thought didn't we? you know if we I think the, the, the Westwood out the outside the box saving from Keogh is not an easy one to call as it happened so quickly. Mm. You know, I've still not seen a, a, a replay of it, so I still can't say exactly what part of the body Westwood saved it with. And if it was his hand, whether it's deliberate, I don't know. I think he just came out to block, yeah. personally. Yeah. I think that was a tough one. Yeah, yeah I think um, the incident which led to the sending off, I think, I think the ref got that right. Yeah. Although, again, there, w- there was some suggestion should it should it have been a red card or should a penalty have sufficed? But I think I think yeah. it was judged to have been a kind of deliberate attempt to stop the player, yeah. and that's why the red card was given. And, and interestingly, 
Carvajal afterwards, he had a few complaints, but he didn't complain about that. Yeah, 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 that's right. He was Actually, Gary Rowett mentioned that more than Carvajal did, because Gary thought he might have been punished twice, really. Yeah, yeah. Double yeah well, it, it, it is really. Well, that, so. was what, that was what I said, but, but then talking about it since, I think, I, and I'm, I hope I'm right on this, but I think it's kind of... It, it's if it's if the referee deems that it's a foul, but yeah. they, but there was a they, he made every attempt to play the ball, but just got it wrong. Yes. Then then a yellow card. But I think on that occasion he thought Vidra's gone past him. He knows he's gone past him, so he's he's kind of almost cynically yeah. blocked him off, and therefore uh, therefore it's a red. Yeah, we we then saw a uh, what we thought, and 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 again I've not seen a replay, so I can't I can't say what we thought at the time was a magnificent uh, last ditch. Tackle by Curtis Davis to deny uh, Hooper, Hooper yeah. uh, but then there's some suggestion afterwards that actually Curtis didn't play the ball; he actually played the man. And well, I must, so I must that could admit, have been a penalty. I must admit, I thought at the time it might have been a penalty because it just looked like the angle that Davis was coming from. It looked like it was almost impossible to get the ball without yeah, yeah. without getting the man. But he's obviously done well enough. To get to get away with that one, yeah. or get away with it if it was if it was a foul, yeah. and then and then the one involving Crayford. Well, the one involving was a penalty. Uh, I I can't see how that's not a penalty. You know, Barry Bannon's hit a crossfield pass. Uh, Craig Forsyth has has uh, been caught out by uh, Stephen Fletcher, who's got in behind him, and and he's he's only a matter of yards from goal. Uh, and you think he's going to bury it, and he goes down. You know, as as Craig Forsyth kind of tries to recover. If there's any touch there, I think it has to be a penalty. And I think Carver Hard and I think Gary Rowett suggested that uh, Craig may have clipped uh, uh, the heels of uh, Fletcher. Now, I think Carver Hard's complaint was that the referee had said to Fletcher... He, he claims that the, ref, the referee said to Fletcher he did get clipped... But he, but he should have stayed on his feet. Nothing else. I, 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 I think that's a poor. Surely, if it's yeah. a foul, it's a foul. It's a foul. It's a foul. Yeah. That's the and thing. That, that's yeah. the thing about, you know, so that means if he's clipped and stays on his feet, he doesn't get the penalty. Well, you, never get, just, you never get the penalty no. if you stay on. I know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It, 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 it was like uh, West Brom at Arsenal the other week. Did you see where? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Rodriguez, he, he was brought down. I mean, that's a snowball penalty because yeah. he got back up, hit yeah. the shot. Hit the well, ball. actually, Johnny Russell first half went through into the box and, and it looked like he was fouled and then he stayed on his feet and then he went down and, and didn't get a decision yeah. as well so it's yeah. I think it, I think decisions are often made based on how the player reacts and how they go down and, what, and, and I was a bit baffled by that one but the other point to make is had it been given I think it could easily have been a, a red well, card well yeah, it would have to have been a red card for, for Scythe if the penalty goes in you suddenly won one 10, 10 against 10, 10. Different game, and and this is this is the interesting part. I get going right back to the start. We're talking about, you know, oh, why didn't Derby do better? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? These games are so tight. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary Rower made a great point uh, to me. I was talking to him about uh, when they were losing games. He said he says most games that they've played, even the Bristol City one, at two one down against Bristol City, Derby had two or three really good chances at Ashton Gate mm-hmm. to make it two two. You score then, the whole game changes. And, and these are the fine lines that divide matches, and they will continue to divide matches all the way through the season. And fans will have to strap themselves in for for those roller coaster of emotions of, you know, whether it's a good performance. I'm, I, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You know, I'm kind of being paid by the pun at the moment. But you know, the gaff can get used to that because there will be games when you know things don't always work out the way you expect them to and, and, and that's what this division's about Yeah, I mean you, you've said on the podcast and, and in your piece for the Telegraph that you would always take result over always so I, I think most well certainly all of us around here we yeah. think most people and would. every manager would as well absolutely but can you understand fans frustration over the past sort of two games absolutely I can because you know they pay good money you know to, to watch their football Good money, you know, hard-earned money, and uh, they have every right to, to have an opinion on what they see. Absolutely, got no problem with that at all. Uh, but you know, uh, I go back to 0607 when Stephen Pearson put the ball in the net at Wembley and Derby were in the Premier League. No one gave a thought to how 
that got there. Mm. No one gave a thought to the to the one nil wins where we came away from ground thinking, I'm not sure how they won that game. It didn't matter. In that moment it didn't matter. And and that's why for me result is key. Smashing grab, wasn't it? Hence oh. the, siren, hence the <laughs> siren in the background. There's again. a pump for you. There you go. I can't claim that one, but ching. Yeah. There you go. I look at him for some football <laughs> and he comes out with that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't see that. Um, no, you were talking about the fans, and I think, I mean, it seems bizarre that we're kind of talking about it after two home wins against it actually, Forest. It actually feels like Wednesday. we lost both games, strangely. But, but I think, I think one of the complaints is some of the fans have said. They're not, you know, they've not particularly enjoyed watching mm. Derby play in the in the last few games or, or however many it may be, um, and I think I think from Gary Rout there is a kind of um, acceptance that it's not quite all coming together for them, but as we say, I think it's encouraging that while they're kind of getting there, there's results. Yeah. Results that are coming and they're not conceding and they're not goals. Gary Rout knows where they're sure. Make no mistake about that. Mm. You know he knows where, which departments they're not at it really. Uh, he knows that w- what he still wants to do, looking ahead to January and beyond that. Uh, he knows, as Chris said, it's it's, it's not happening uh, as he would like. I always felt though that a Gary Rout side would be different to what we've seen in recent years. You no, know, Gary Rout side isn't a Steve McLaren side. Mm. You know, uh, it wouldn't be a, a Nigel Pearson side. This is where all managers are different. Uh, but for me, you know, I think Derby needed to find different ways to win matches. You know, we got stuck with Steve McLaren in, in the fact we went played one way. You know, that's the only way he, he felt they could do it. But there's no way I want to go back to the three threes and four fours. I mean, the chaotic afternoons at Huddersfield and Millwall. I don't. I don't want to go back to that. I'd rather see Derby grind out the win because it will, as I said earlier, it'll be the points that get you up. And we must remember that Derby have tried many different ways since 2000 and uh, since they dropped out of the Premier League in, in, in 2008. Uh, many different ways have tried, and yet they're still in the same division. So we have to look at a different way. And if Gary Rout's way is different enough to get them the points they need to finish in the top six this season, then, then I'm, I'm more than happy with that. And just on the top six, all of a sudden they're three points off the playoffs with a game in hand. Yeah. So you know they're obviously doing something right. Of course they are, and and, and I think we we said before, haven't we, on on this podcast? I think this season is wide open. Mm-hmm. I don't see you know uh, a fan asked me uh, only today uh, did I think they could win at Norwich? Well, of course they can. I, I don't go into any game at the moment thinking they haven't got a chance. We used to go into games thinking. They haven't got a chance uh, in, in certain seasons, but I don't go to any game now thinking they haven't got a chance. And I'll, and I'll take you back to to Cardiff away when they were leaders. Everyone feared, thinking what Cardiff's going to do. So I had no doubt, absolutely no doubt. And I told it, the people, the people I told will, will back me up on this. I didn't think we'd see we'd come away from Cardiff thinking. I tell you what, they're a team to be feared, and we didn't see that. And Derby thoroughly deserved a point, and they are more than capable of going to. Carrow Road and, and to Allen Road but what I will say is they'll only get a point or three from those games if they do the basics right and you've got to do that in every game mm. I'll come on to, to those two a little bit later so don't get sort of too far ahead of yourself we'll steal your thunder again ahead to the uh, upcoming games but one man who we seem to mention every week just because he's scoring every week and he, he did it again is Matej Vidra um, obviously won the penalty scored the penalty he's He's on fire, isn't he? He's all action at the moment, yeah. And I saw a stat that said he'd, he'd had nine shots on target this season and he'd got seven goals, so that's mm. uh, that's uh, not a bad return. Obviously, that doesn't include shots off target. There's obviously been a few a few of those. <laughs> but, um, but no, he's going very well at the moment and it's um, how many goals? Seven goals yeah. in all competitions. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I just said that, didn't I? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it includes a few penalties, but... You can't take those away from him because obviously Derby's Derby struggled. That's an area Derby struggled recently, penalty takers. So he seems to have um, um, cemented that uh, place as his own. And, and as he says, he's won the, he's won the penalty himself. Another more good link-up play with David Nugent early on, and um, and, and has caught them cold. Um, we, we we commented about um, he looked at, he looked very tired yes. when he was substituted. I'm not yeah. sure how how far into the game was it. Was it about 70 minutes or something? 
remember. But any, but anyway, so he'd, he'd obviously he'd obviously yeah. run himself uh, run himself into the ground. But um, but no, we we were talking about it earlier, and I think I think Steve's written a um, written a piece um, for, for the paper about Mate, and obviously he's the club's record signing still. Um, and there were times when we, you know, we wondered whether yeah. whether it could, t- you know, whether it was going to be a flop. To yes, put, to yeah. Play. I mean, like, to, yeah. to be honest, if you'd have, if you'd have, uh, if we'd have run a poll last season at a certain time before Gary Howe came in, I think fans would have said it, yeah. that that Matthew had been a flop. Eight point five million uh, record signing, couldn't get in the team. You know, I mean, you know, Derby, if Derby make a record signing, he's, he's got he's got to be in the team. You know, it's not. You know, this isn't Manchester United, Manchester City, and all these. You know, teams who can, or Everton, even I'll throw that one in record signings. Don't start me on that. Uh, but yeah, no, but but you can't, you know, they they in some ways can can take them in a squad. But Derby's record signing has to be in the team, surely. So we were we were questioning Mate and whether it, he, he was going to be able to cut it here. It wasn't looking promising at one stage, but I think since Gary Rowett has come in, he's uh, he's emerged from the shadows. There's a headline for you. Uh, he's emerged from the shadows. I'm sure you'll pinch that, actually, Johnny. But he's emerged from the shadows uh, and now looks, arguably, to be uh, the key man. But I always, I always felt that he sort of showed glimpses of what he could do, but he, he was looking for that consistency. And it wasn't all his own fault, because, no. as you said, he wasn't in the team. Yeah. He's been playing Change different of the manager. positions, changes of manager. Yeah. Obviously, I think Nigel Pearson was in charge when he came yeah. to the club, yeah. and a lot has changed since then, of course. But um, I think one of the big things is is that they seem to be playing him in his favourite position yeah. now, which is that number ten role. And he said he said previously doesn't particularly like playing as the as the number nine because he hasn't got the kind of physical side of his game to to battle it out with an old you know a, a big old fashioned mm-hmm. centre half. If he's got to fight for aerial balls, he'd much rather play off someone so he can pick up the pieces, use his creativity. Uh, and uses football in brain, and, uh, and he seems to be getting the chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, where he's playing is, 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 is crucial to his improvement. Uh, Gary Rowe has to take some credit for, for that, of course, as well. Uh, and I think with Mate, I think, you know, I go back to when he signed, and he, he, in the interview he gave us, you know, he, he said, I'm really looking forward to playing off Chris Martin, like he played off Troy Deeney at mm. uh, Watford. Uh, unfortunately for Mate, Chris Martin was was out the door a few days later on loan, going on loan to Fulham, so that must have been a blow for him. So he needs he needs that focal point to to play off and play around, and that's what we're seeing. He's clever, his mm-hmm. movement is clever, and that's where we saw the penalty won against Sheffield Wednesday because he's got that cute little movement. Because physically he doesn't want that, as Chris says, he doesn't want to battle with markers. He has to be outthinking them, outwitting them with his movement. And uh, that's what he's doing at the moment. So I think you know he, he deserves great credit. So because he must have been in a difficult place for him last season, personally, he must have been thought, mm, I'm not sure if this is going to work out. But I say also credit to to Gary Rowett because he he seems to have got the best out. And still only 24, yeah. if I'm correct. I mean, it seems like he's been around for it, it ages. Does, and it does. It And we do uh, tend to overlook the age of players. Mm-hmm. And I know some play, some people say ah oh, yeah but you know Wayne Mooney was only 17 18 when he ripped this up or he ripped this European championship or he were, did whatever for Man United or Everton they they're special players you know in general players you know when you look at them we do tend to forget the age of them and and, and for, to me certainly at my age he's, he's still a young man absolutely don't uh, agree with that you're not meant to agree with that <laughs> you meant to say come on Steve okay. you're doing yourself down there <laughs> But you're just laughing. Would, would I ever You're say just that? laughing about it. I don't understand. So we'll move back then from the number ten position to the midfield position, and uh, Joe Ledley and uh, Tom Huddleston both started uh, again against Sheffield Wednesday. And we'll start with Joe Ledley and Chris. I'll come to you because I know that you spoke to him after the game. Um, another sort of solid performance for him, and, and he had some interesting things to say about his future at Derby after the game. Indeed, he did. Yeah, and and yeah, it was another. Um, well, it was another typical Ledley display that if you can call it typical after only four appearances but he you know he did he did everything that was asked of him um, you know it wasn't a particularly pretty game but they've come away with with the win and the clean sheet and and uh, I think we mentioned the stat previously there's still Derby still haven't conceded a goal um, while Ledley's been on the pitch in uh, in almost four games um, so that's an impressive stat for mm. starters 
Um, obviously, he's only, he only signed a short-term deal until January, uh, which will soon come round. Um, so we, we got to speak to um, to him afterwards. So obviously, one of the one of the questions was um, about his future. He, he said, you know, they haven't he hasn't had any discussions with the club as yet uh, over over whether he's going to stay, whether they're going to offer him a new deal. But he said, he you know, if he's given if he's uh, if he's offered something, he'd, he'd love to stay on, um, as you as you probably imagine. Um, but then I suppose you know there's always there's always the possibility that other clubs could could come looking, and that, that was always going to be the case when he signed the short term deal. It was kind of I guess it was to suit both parties. Yeah, it was absolutely. to suit Derby as a kind of short term cover, mm-hmm. and also him if if another opportunity arose. And so I mean I mean I'm sure I'm sure his his early form at Derby won't have gone unnoticed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, the reaction we've had from fans um, is, is the majority of them seem very keen for Derby to kind of um, lock him down on a, on a longer term deal. Um, but there's still a decision to be made by the club um, because of um, other, you know, other players at the club and other players coming back from injury and things like that. And I mean, from my point of view, it would seem a bit of a no-brainer um, to, to to keep him on. But of course. Um, how long would you offer? How long would you offer him? He's, he's thirty years old, which you know he's still, he's still not that old as a football. He's still got still got a few years left in him. He's got a very good um, fitness record, um, but there are there are a few a few questions to be answered there, aren't there? Yeah, there are, and I think I think first of all you've got to say that, that he's helped the midfield. He's helped the balance of the midfield, although the balance still isn't right. I uh, still need some work on it. Uh, but he's he's doing exactly what we thought he'd do, as you said. He, he, his fitness levels are, are good. He usually he's consistent in his appearances, which is good. Uh, he, he he does all those little bits that, that maybe go unnoticed mm-hmm. by some. Uh, so I I think he's he, he certainly added value in there, uh, and it would be simple for me to say, yeah, keep him on for longer. Where the difficulty comes in is then you say for but for how long? Mm-hmm. I mean. To be fair to Joe Ledley, I would expect him to to, ex, to to expect a two-year deal, you know, because he's come in, he's done a job, he's put himself in the window, so other clubs will be watching as well, and he, he, he you know, he, he'll be comfortably he'll be playing in two years time comfortably, yeah. you know, given the way he plays, the the, the the style of his game, so that's not a problem at all. So if I was him, that's what I'd be looking for. Uh, but Derby, the dilemma for Derby is. Uh, Tom Huddleston has got a two-year deal with the option of a third. George Thorne is out of contract in the summer. So suddenly, those the, the, the kind of criticism, for want of a better word, of the three of them is that they're quite similar. Mm. So when you've got two-man midfielders, Derby have at the moment central midfielders in a four-two-three-one. Two of them are going to be very similar, and there's going to be another similar one on the bench because that, that's the way that they like to. They like to have possession. They're comfortable on the ball. They 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 circulate the ball. They move it sensibly and simply. Uh, uh, especially Joe does that. Whereas Tom and George have got a bit more wider range of passing. You know they, they can hit distance balls and defence splitting balls. Uh, Joe kind of just keeps it ticking over, which which you need in a team. All teams need that. Uh, so you know that's a dilemma. Do, do, do they? They've got Huddleston under contract. Do they then offer Joe Ledley a new contract and George Thorne a new contract? Well, what we're saying is the midfield might not be the right balance. So I still I still think Gary Rowett might look at the January window or certainly next summer and look for another central midfielder that kind of adds better balance to, to the middle of the park. He may well be looking at that. And we, we know yeah. with Kifton Bell... I was going to say, we haven't mentioned Kifton No, we haven't Bell. That's and, another factor. He's younger yeah, as well. He's younger. And, and I think... Again, one of the criticisms labelled at Derby's midfield at the moment is that it lacks a bit of pace and it maybe lacks a bit of athleticism as well when the opponent has got the ball because that's when you've got to close them down. That's when you've got to win the ball back quicker. And that's not quite happening at the moment. I think Kifton Bell, because he's younger mm-hmm. and slightly different style to, to Tom and George, certainly, and, and to, he's a younger kind of version of Joe, but again, slightly different. I think he has got the athleticism to offer that different balance. So, you know... Joe Ledley longer contract, I, I I think he's added to it, so I think I, I, I certainly would look at that. Mm. But there are other issues involved, I think, that that uh, Gary out and it will will kind of have to sort out in his mind. Mm. Yeah, you've 
probably sort of answered this with, with some of your words there, but just moving across now to Tom Huddleston. And, and he came in for a, a bit of stick from fans following the Sheffield Wednesday game. I mean, obviously, you two were both there. Was it sort of justified? How was his performance? I'll be honest with you again, again because I, I, I know Tom and, I, and I've watched his career all the way through. Uh, kept a very close interest in on what he's doing. Uh, I don't think what we're seeing from Tom is too different from what we've seen from Tom for, for years. So I don't quite understand the, the sudden surprise. Uh, he's always played that way. He's always played pretty much one-paced. Uh, great control. I thought he actually, when you when you look back at the game there, Sheffield, he actually had some decent passes actually. We we, you know, we were criticised. We were critical of Derby because when when Sheffield Wednesday dropped ten men behind the ball, and Derby had eight or so or nine men in the half as well. Suddenly, that's a very crowded scene, and it's not easy. You know, it's it's dead easy for us to sit back and say, "Oh, you know, we should be doing this." It's not easy. That's that's the first thing I say. It is not easy to prize that open. Uh, you do have to keep switching side to side. Uh, one of the problems was Derby didn't do it quick enough, uh, uh, yeah. and I think. The, the other criticism I think that Tom goes sideways and backwards but you've got to at times you can't you can't go forward if he's suddenly hitting forward all the time and it's going out playing it's too long or you, you, the centre half eats up he's going to get criticised for that as well so everyone who's, who's kicked the ball about in midfield at whatever level you want you want to discuss has to go sideways or backwards at some time to keep possession look at Barcelona look at someone like Xavi you know Iniesta's these guys they, they go sideways and backwards you know so I think you know I think the, the criticism is a bit over the top uh, yes he should have him and Joe Ledley should have moved the ball and circulated it quicker I think they took too many touches and you know sometimes it comes into your midfield and you've got to know your next pass great and sweep it out first time to the left and then go and get it and go back to the right and that's how you, you stretch a, an opponent out of the rigid shape that Sheffield Wednesday had or and, and George is probably the best at this in a way is picking that more central pass into the striker or, or over over a defender but uh, they did that too slowly I agree with that but what I will say it's not that easy when you've got that many bodies in, in, in one half of the pitch Yeah I mean I think when, when they signed Tom in the summer the majority of Derby fans that we heard from were certainly very positive yeah. about him coming back and I think and certainly, I think early in the season as well, they seemed to be, you know, they were delighting at his at his range of passing yeah. um, and such like. But I guess you're not gonna you're not gonna find that every single game. There's gonna be different challenges. The opposition are gonna find other ways to combat you as well. Um, and so I, I think you know, against in the last two games against Forest and Wednesday, he hasn't had it all his own way but you wouldn't you wouldn't expect him to and I think on Saturday um, against Sheffield Wednesday he saw quite a lot of the ball because of the way the game sort of panned out and as Steve said it wasn't you know when he looked up he, he pretty much had you know nine uh, blue and white shirts in front of him and he's trying you know trying to pick a way around it and I mean he, he did try a few things there yeah. was one ball that got it almost sort of um, sent Johnny in where he's kind of just scooped it over the top and and he's, you know, he has got that ability in his locker. He's head. as good as anyone at that, at, at Derby. He yeah. can do that. I, mean, mm. I, I thought he pinged two or three nice balls out wide to, to Andre Wisdom and, and Craig Forsyth. So he's got that in his locker. I, I think we've got to remember as well, by the way, that uh, he's been in Derby's midfield all season and they're currently unbeaten in five matches and, consider, and, and, and lost one of the last seven league games. Can't be that bad. Yeah. Mm. I, think, I, I, say, I, think, I think some of the concern is when Derby are out of possession there might be a bit of a vulnerability there but as you said we all know what Tom's strengths are yeah. and he's not the quickest player no, but, no. But, but people knew that yeah. when he came when yeah. he and came that's back. why balance is important that's where the balance is important and we said it and we right from the day one he signed it's in black and white in the, in the paper it's on here as well uh, that the balance has to be right around him but that's not just Tom that's most players you know you can look at centre backs and one might be quick one might be slow you know that's where you need the balance. Mm-hmm. So balance is is, is is absolutely everything. And uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, as Chris says, you can't do it every game. It's just he didn't do it every game for Hull. You know, he didn't do it every game for Tottenham either. And uh, you know, if he was doing it every game, by the way, he, he wouldn't be in the championship. Mm-hmm. 
he'd be playing in the Premier League you know so we have to be uh, a bit careful but I say he, he's part of a midfield at the moment and, and Derby unbeaten in, in five mm. so we are 12-13 games into the, the championship season it, it sort of I mean as you yourself Steve you always say it's, it starts to take shape mm. after this sort of period are you surprised by what you've seen not just by Derby but in the championship table as a whole uh, do you sort of expect more to come or uh, I think I think uh, I mean I think I think Derby haven't helped themselves in, in certain games we know which games they are uh, but then again I did expect them to be in transition that horrible word that the fans don't like to hear but I you know it I expected them to, to be a bit hit and miss at this stage. Uh, I think the way they're playing, the, the style of play hasn't surprised me massively. Uh, I think we saw when Gary Rout came in uh, in March last year that they that rather than uh, uh, tippy-tappy, if you like, and possession is king, suddenly possession is no longer king. And I've got no problem with that. Absolutely no problem with that at all. Uh, I think yesterday... Sorry, on Sunday we we saw uh, Tottenham beat Liverpool, and I think Liverpool had they beat Liverpool four one. Liverpool had all the possession. Yeah, yeah so you know, I, I think possession. Graham Sooners made a great point. You know, we get we get tied up on possession. Why? Why? You know, we've got to be this. Got to be this. We've got to have the ball all the time. The key is what you do with it, and the key is always, and it's always been the same. What you do at one end of the pitch, what you do at the other, and at the moment, Derby have kept three clean sheets uh, on, on the spin and they've taken seven points from the last nine so I say I, I'm more than happy with that at the moment yes they can play better of course they can and they will play better in certain games it may be that they play better this weekend at Norwich I, we, we don't know uh, but so I'm not, I'm not too surprised by that uh, and I think once you get to 15 games a third of a season it is settling down by then Derby have got two more games uh, this month uh, and that'll take them to 14 matches so I think we'll know a lot more by then I mean I, I think the last two results could could prove to be massive for them actually because they were down in the bottom half of the table and people started thinking well you know is, is promotion is playoff out, already out of reach uh, two games later six points they're now on the on the fringes of the playoff zone, and actually, if they if they if they were to win their game in hand, they would mm. actually be in the playoffs um, with you know um, just over a quarter of the of the of the league season played. Um, that's not a bad position to be in, I don't think. And, and I think the two wins um, against Forest and Sheffield Wednesday just take a bit of pressure off going into two tricky looking away yeah, games, yeah. Norwich and Leeds, because I think now there's a feeling. Apart from having the confidence of winning games and being unbeaten, there's a feeling that you know they can almost go to Norwich with maybe a bit more a bit more freedom. Yeah. And that's not to say they'll be expansive, mm. but but just not to be quite maybe so uptight, thinking, "Blimey, we've got to mm. we've got to get a win here." Um, of course, they'll want to go and win the game, but um, but but I think the, the the previous two results have helped them. Yeah, that, that's a good point because because that's what's happened. If you remember where we were going into the Forest game, there's a kind of a, we must win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you know because we're looking over the shoulder rather than up at that moment. So I think the two results help them massively. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel it has the feeling uh, of a key week or so. This the derby with the two away games at Norwich and at Leeds. Uh, as I said before, I think we'll know a lot more about them. I think. If, if they can come out of this two games with four points or, or more then you know, I, I think I think they're going to be in the mix I mm. really do and I think the confidence they'll take from that so if you're unbeaten in five like they are now and then you suddenly you're unbeaten in seven having taken some decent points away at, at Norwich and Leeds and this is where the confidence builds and of course this is where you see improvements in performances as well Well I was going to say I guess these two games coming up are really where they will Show whether they have got the to playoff capabilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And Norwich should be thinking the same, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, Norwich are, I think, might be six at the moment after the win or so. I'm not six, sure. Yeah, six. Yeah. So, 
you know, they'll look at the game against Derby and think, you know what, if we can get a win in this game, then we're going to be in a good position as well because they're on a, a great run. I think you've checked out the stats, haven't you? The it's a, yeah, it's eight, eight unbeaten in the league, nine unbeaten all competitions. They've, they've got um, a League Cup game away at Arsenal on Tuesday night. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of team they put out. Obviously, they play Sunday and they play again on Tuesday. Mm. Derby have got a free week, so whether that comes into it is... Uh, is something to consider, but they've um, they barely conceded a goal either. No, I mean, no. obviously Arsenal's going to be a, a big test for them, but they, they seem mm. to be going. Um, they seem to be going. No, really so, well. so they'll they'll be thinking the same. Leeds will be thinking the same. Yeah, another one, you know. So I think everyone you everyone you come up against will have the same kind of thoughts, and, and Derby certainly will have. They, they'll look at them and say, I "Tell you what, we can make a bit of a statement here." by going there and picking up some good points to those places, which aren't easy. I mean, we saw this last season at Norwich when the game kind of, kind of turned against Derby very sharply and, uh, and and they were heavily beaten. And they've not handled visits to Leeds awfully well in recent, in recent times either. Uh, so the two tough games, and it will be 14 games played after that, and I've just got a feeling by then we'll know an awful lot more. I think it's hard, I think they're very hard to call as well because because both Norwich and Leeds have will have very different looking teams compared to say even last season. You think yeah. the new man, new managers have come yeah. in, yeah. Um, brought in a lot of new players, quite a few foreign players uh, um, on, on both sides. I think Norwich have got a few Germans in there. Obviously, the their manager's German, and, uh, and and Leeds have obviously looked abroad as well. So. I'm, I'm sure Derby will obviously do their homework, but but in terms of actually coming up against these players, it will be it will probably be a first for for quite a lot of Derby's players. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think we always said didn't we that this month for Derby October yeah, with with yeah. Forest and Sheffield Wednesday followed by Norwich and Leeds always looked quite a key month, and uh, it's certainly panning out that way. And they've made a good start to it. And we know, and, and we've mentioned before that Derby haven't been great away from home so to go to as it stands 6th place and 4th place you know it's really going to show if Gary Rout can sort of sort that away for yeah basically yeah he knows that you know and that's why uh, at Brentford and at Cardiff he tried something a bit different it didn't really work to to be fair at, uh, but although they got two draws uh, the shape and the idea didn't really but it didn't really come off. Uh, Derby were better second half at Cardiff when when they went to a slightly different shape with Chris Martin as a focal point. But but Gary Rout said then that he didn't want to fall into the trap that he'd fallen into this season of a really good home win. I'll keep an unchanged side to go for the away game, and he and he admitted he fell into that trap. Uh, he he basically said I don't want to do that again. But this is a test for him, this one, because they've just had back-to-back home wins. Exactly, and that's what I was just going to say. And I mean, do you, do you drop Mate Vidra? Because that and that's was, what happened last I'm time. I'm sure that, well, that's what yeah. happened last time. I'm sure yeah. that wouldn't go down too well with with the fans, um, no. who would probably see it as a kind of a, as a defensive move. If, if, for example, he brought Bradley Johnson back in or yeah. something, and you can see the thinking behind that. But um, but the way that Vidra and, and Nugent have linked up recently. You would you would think it would be harsh on them to leave that. It would be. I think he's got a real big decision to make. Yeah. And I've been kicking this one about and thinking, what would I do? Uh, it's so easy, it's so tempting just to stick with the same team. So very tempting. Uh, I think I would change it because I've seen them on the road. We've seen them. What 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 happens on the road? It will be it will be bitterly disappointing, and frustrating if if they stuck with the same team and what happened previously. And, he, and then Gary Rout would and face the same. He, he would, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Gary will be kicking that about in his mind. It, it's such. This, this is why they get. This is why they get paid the big bucks, mm-hmm. isn't it? Could it? This is exactly why. Be, um, could it be a, a a game for Chris Martin against his old club? Well, I'd have started him against Forrest, Chris Martin, but, but Gary Wright went for David Nugent and was proved right. It was absolutely the right decision. It's a good job that they don't listen to you. It's a good they? job they don't <laughs> listen to me. I'm sure Gary doesn't listen to me. Uh, so he got that spot on. 
but it's just this thing that will be in his mind he's been here before with the away game coming up yeah. after a home win I, I just wonder they can't go there and have as little of the ball as they did at Brentford they can't allow that to happen uh, so I'm I would be tempted to uh, bring Bradley Johnson back in in place of uh, I think see I, I would be tempted it would be so easy to bring Bradley in and just go 4-3-3 three, three. Yeah. again I, I don't really want to go down that route cause I, I so think you'd take Vidra out well no I, I, I quite like to keep Vidra in mm-hmm. Uh, as I a think ten, he's the main source of as goals, a ten, he, I he quite like to keep. To yeah, it. I quite. I keep Vidrin as a ten. I keep him behind the striker, mm. and I'm wondering whether I would just drop in uh, Bradley Johnson as a narrow left side midfield player, mm. and maybe just put Tom Lawrence on the right, and he could almost go to a four-four-one-one. So Johnny Russell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing against Johnny. I thought he played really well yeah, yeah. on Saturday. I thought he uh, did well against Forest also. But it's this dilemma about do they stick or twist away from mm-hmm. home? And and as Chris says, it 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 would be strange to see him leave Vidra out at this stage. Because mm-hmm. what you got to be careful of if you if you leave someone like that out. Then actually, when you do have the ball, it's, it's difficult to to, yeah, to force yourself on, on onto Norwich uh, and, and and get your attacking game going. Uh, I don't really, I wouldn't really want to go. I mean, in the past they would have just gone four three three, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. I did an extra midfield player, played one wide left, one wide and, and, and a striker. But I wouldn't like to kind of revert to that. But I just wonder whether they just need a bit more control of the ball. In midfield, and it's funny that we've mentioned Chris Martin, we've mentioned Bradley Johnson. Obviously, both former Norwich players, and, and I think sometimes that might come into the manager's thinking a little bit in terms yeah. of they know that they know the place well. They've played there many times. Yeah. Um, and just on Chris Martin, one thing I thought was interesting on um, on Saturday, I think he he came on for David Nugent. Um, after about an hour, after I think, about didn't an hour, he? Yeah. David Nugent didn't I thought that was too, quite harsh on Nugent. Nugent I thought it was quite harsh, and, and Nugent didn't look too impressed when no. he came off. I mean, I'm not saying he showed any no. dissent, no, but, but he looked he mm. looked disappointed. It wasn't you know there wasn't an injury there. He obviously felt he could have um, he could have carried on and done a job, but you just wonder whether whether that there might be something there. I thought Chris did well when he came on. I did as well. I thought, yeah. he, did, I thought yeah. he held the ball. I thought he, he got into channels, held the ball up, recirculated the ball, uh, which was good. Uh, I thought I'd say David Nugent was I thought it was a bit tough on him that, that call at that moment uh, yeah options for Kai Rao you know and, and he, he knows yeah. he knows in his mind that he he probably has to do something different away from home but there's such a temptation isn't there to, to stick yeah. with a, a winning team I guess I guess for, from Rao's point of view you know he's, he's gone with sticking with a, a winning team and seen those Bad defeats, which they were at Sheffield United and Bristol City, and then he changed it up away to Brentford and you know Cardiff in particular. He sort of stifled their attack and then looked to build on it in the second half. So yeah. it's almost like in his mind he might be thinking, well, "That's got us a point at the bare minimum. So should we do that again?" Sort of I think you're right. If if he is thinking about home and away games almost as separate entities, then he'll look he'll look back at the at the Cardiff game and and say. We finished quite strongly with, with with Chris Martin up top, um, and uh, I think that Bradley Johnson was he, he played in the ten in that. Well, that he, game, didn't he? he started he in started there, but but yeah. obviously towards the end of the game, Nugent was on, course, yeah, wasn't yeah. he? And 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 yeah, he kind of went to the left. You see, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. It was almost a four four two with Tom Huddleston and Joe Ledley, and then Tom Lawrence. But yeah. I think I think you're right. I think he will he will look back at that Cardiff game yeah, and say, yeah, "Well, yeah. I very nearly yeah. worked perfectly. Yeah. So why veer too far away from that now? Norwich are a different a different proposition than, than Cardiff. So well, Cardiff team were never going to. I mean, it was interesting. Like like Brentford were, were always going to play football. Yeah. So yeah. they were always going to dominate possession, yeah. and, and they actually they, they they kind of outplayed Derby in the middle of the pitch. Didn't think Derby had enough bodies in the mm. middle of the pitch. Cardiff were always different, they were always a bit more direct, so they didn't really want to play in those areas too much. Uh, Norwich is going to be different again, you see, and I, I, I'm not sure Derby can allow, uh, can have as, as little control 
in midfield as they did at Brentford and get away with it. Lovely stuff. Uh, just one more thing before I go, uh, Steve. Obviously, today the news broke that you've been absolutely devastated about Ronald Koeman lost his job at your beloved Everton. Thoughts? Uh, not surprised. <laughs> not surprised. I've been saying it for a while. Uh, I, I think they've struggled really badly this season. I think the the, the signings in the summer weren't great. Uh, I'm not sure what thinking's gone behind those signings, but when you look at them cold from the outside, it doesn't seem to have been a great deal of thought because they seem to have an awful lot of similar players. Uh, uh, they are in a bit of a mess. It needs sorting out. Uh, unfortunately for managers, the manager goes because the players can't go. You know They can't go, so that's what happens in football. Uh, who next is going to be interesting? Uh Shall I put my uh, CV in? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure. Uh, Give you say, a good reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, no, it's it's tough on managers. I mean, we've we've seen it enough here, haven't we, at Derby, changing managers all the time. But unfortunately, the way football is today, there is no patience. There's no mm-hmm. you know time to dig yourself out of a hole or time to bed in. There seems to be no time for anything, and uh, and, and so he's been shown the door. Lovely stuff. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add before we? No, I don't want to talk about Everton. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, only, I'm, I'm only interested in the championship. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but no, it's gonna. I say it, it, it's gonna be an interesting two games now for Derby. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing how they shape up in those games and how they handle two two what look two tough away games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we said before, you know, I don't go into any game at the moment not thinking that that Derby have got a chance because they've got a chance. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Steve, Chris, thank you very much for your company. Always a pleasure. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening as well. In the meantime, you can follow all of our activity on social media. We're on Twitter at DerbyTelDCFC. Also on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DerbyTelDCFC. You can keep up to date with the latest rounds, news and reviews online at www.derbytelegraph.co.uk. And the podcast is on both Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again.